Hey, Armstrong and Getty here, and the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation, good or bad or mediocre, will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. TV seasons start back up again. I don't think that concept really exists much anymore, does well, it? Cer- or does it? With the networks, I guess it does? Certainly does for 60 minutes, I know. And yeah, I wondered when the new episodes start again. It's coming up soon. It's usually with the, the conclusion of summer when, when everybody gets back gotcha. off the rerun train. Gotcha. I need my September new six- in short. I need my new 60 minutes every Sunday night. All right. Saturday Night Live, back to being live. Yeah. Will it be uh, tiresome and obnoxious and one note? Well, had great ratings, so I'm guessing they'll keep on keeping on. Alec Baldwin got nominated for Best Supporting Actor for, for his stint on SNL, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Alex Baldwin. That's correct. He's a talented man, charming, handsome. So, <laughs> it's not good. When we start a segment, and I'm already this tired of the topic. Wow, I haven't heard a thing about it, so uh, I'll bring f- uh, fresh excitement. Here's the story. Some uh, some Googler, some uh, fellow who works at Google, he's a software engineer, uh, unleashed a 10-page editorial, if you will, against Google's diversity initiatives, commenting on them um, and suggesting that they are misguided, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Uh, his his thesis statement, I think it would be safe to say, is that um, we need to stop assuming that gender gaps imply sexism. If you got more fellers writing code at Google than gals, that doesn't necessarily mean they're sexism. Okay, I was wondering which direction he was on this. So he thinks it's too too much trying to do, being concerned about diversity as opposed to just. They're being too aggressive, too politically correct, etc. Gotcha. And he also points out something which I uh, can guarantee is true. And that is that, and I'm quoting now, Google's political bias has equated the freedom from offense with psychological safety, but shaming people into silence is the antithesis of psychological safety. The silencing has created an ideological echo chamber where some ideas are too sacred to be honestly discussed. And the lack of discussion fosters the most extreme and authoritarian elements of this ideology. So, in other words, um, it, it's become so wildly politically correct, we can't even talk about these things in a normal way. There's only one answer that's acceptable. Sure. And I think that is a, uh, a, a courageous and fine thing to say. Uh, on the other hand, others have reacted uh, differently, and this is why I'm already tired of it. We got this note from uh, somebody who works at Google, been there for six years. 
It's actually it's a woman. It's worth pointing that out, probably writing this note. And I can't believe this is being reported as anti-diversity. I got the document before it made the news, and it was circulated to a group here to discuss uh, because it summarized how we were feeling. Now it's being demonized, which is ironic since that's the entire point of the document, that we can no longer have a discussion because you are either with us entirely or against us entirely. Um, even Google can't get this right, writes uh, Aileen Anonymous, who I will not identify because if you are outside the accepted uh, doctrine, there, I'm sure they will Google you right out of there. Um, and then you've got the predictable uh, reaction online. Here's uh, one fellow who I'm told we've had on the show before. Jonathan Zunger. Doesn't ring a bell to me. But uh, one correspondent said uh, we've had him on before and he's terrific. Um, and, uh, and, and I should probably preface this by saying... The guy who writes the 10-pager that's at the heart of all this, he makes some points about men tend to be more X, women tend to be more Y. He points out there's plenty of overlap, but it's tendencies, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, people are latching on to what he says are tendencies and characterizing them, mischaracterizing them as men are always this and women are always that and should be which is not his point at all, but if you're going to really freak out and signal your virtue, you generally have to make a monster out of somebody else's argument. Uh, but you've got this Jonathan Zunger fellow. He says, this brings us to point three, the most serious point of all. I'm going to even be blunter than usual here because I'm not subject to the usual maze of HR laws, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is addressed specifically to the author of this manifesto. What you just did was incredibly stupid and harmful. You just put out a manifesto inside the company arguing that some large fraction of your colleagues are at root not good enough to do their jobs and that they're only being kept in their jobs because of some political ideas. And worse than simply thinking about these things or saying them in private, you've said them in a way that's tried to legitimize this kind of thing across the company, causing other people to get up and say, wait, is that right? One of the points he makes is that if you're super aggressive to the point of not even allowing discussion about we have to have a diverse, that working group, too many men, put in some women, people will start to question whether those people are actually qualified. Of course you will. Or whether they're injected purely for the purpose of, of diversity. Of course you will. And this younger fellow is saying it's incredibly stupid and harmful and hurtful because now... Now people are going to are going to wonder whether those people are legitimate or not. They already are. That's his point, Jonathan. That's 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 what happens in the real world. So I don't work in the tech world, but I've heard all the stories for years now that it's a male dominated field, like really male dominated field. But it just seems very hard for me to be to believe that in the Bay Area of Northern California, that these uh, young tech companies are actively keeping away talented women because they just like working with guys. I right. just, I've, I've, from the beginning, have found that very hard to believe. Right. Well, and to whatever extent it exists, you ought to, you ought to try to, you know, get rid of it because if you're, if you're not employing talented women, number one, you're losing out on a, uh, a huge and important labor pool. Number two, your products aren't going to be as good. I just don't believe it's happening, so right. I refuse to discuss it. It's impossible for me to believe it's happening. I cannot believe under any circumstances, that there's a manager out there, boy, she's really, really good, but I'm not hiring a woman. I do not believe that's happening. Well, and and actually, this Jonathan Zunger, he does, he, he makes a point that I appreciate as a consumer of tech goods, 
who is of uh, low to medium capability in this stuff, um, he, he makes the point that, you know, the different tendencies of men and women come together. They make they make uh, uh, the things engineers work on more usable and more empathetic to the user, blah, blah, blah. But again, he's he has turned the arguments in the so-called manifesto into like a monstrous um, uh, uh, twisting of themselves. And now he's arguing against the, the twisted monster, which you don't get from reading the original. Do many women have interest in being computer programmers? I don't have Some any do. idea. Yeah, well, those who do ought to pursue it as a living. But um, what's beautiful about old Jonathan Zunger, and, and one of our listeners sent it to us uh, saying, oh, this is so great. And listen, maybe I'm missing the point. I, I, I often do. But he's saying to even ask these questions is incredibly stupid and harmful. He is saying, you should not ask this. You should not bring this up. You should not express your opinion. It's wrong to even ask, which is the absolute dictionary definition of political correctness. Unwind your panties. You'll be fine. God. The guy goes to great pains to say, I strongly believe in gender and racial diversity. I think we should strive for more. However, to achieve a more equal gender and race representation, Google has created several discriminatory practices. He's essentially arguing that especially in an incredibly left-leaning, politically correct place like Google, the cure is worse than the disease, which it often is. And that that's why, you know, it's funny. Um... Uh, conservatives are also are often rather portrayed as unfeeling by by lefties and that's not the case at all there certainly are unfeeling conservatives and unfeeling uh, progressives but we simply believe that if the referee spends all his time trying to fix the game in favor of the people he thinks should be winning the game because i don't know maybe in earlier games they were done wrong or something like that that's going to it's going to do more harm do more you know more harm than good and you've got to always call the game fairly always be fair to the players even though some players have been hurt in previous games otherwise nobody is going to have faith in the refereeing and the ref has too much power and eventually, the players who deserve the rewards of their excellence, be they female Google code writers or whatever, they will excel, and no one can ever question their excellence. It's on the top of the fold front page, USA Today today. Yep. Now, they have a side story that says ageism is alive and well in the tech industry, where workers over 40 have a hard time finding work. I absolutely oh, I believe that. can believe that's course, true. Yeah. Yeah. That that uh, young hipsters think that fifty year old guy we don't we don't want him hanging around. No way he you know he I can't can, possibly I can believe... hang and be sharp enough right. or whatever. You know the woman thing. I I can believe that having known a fair number of tech nerds, they are more comfortable with other dudes than they are with women. Generally speaking, Gleben. right? And so you know you have your eyes open and make sure it's you know you, you are importing uh, talented women. The people in charge of hiring should be aware that. You know, some of the geeks around here aren't, uh, you know, that's fine. But you don't have to go as far as old Zuckerberg and, or he's, what is he? He's Facebook. That's right. Um, I'm sure you don't have to go as far as Google has. And the guy's just saying, look, let's let's confront our biases and talk about them openly. 
and not just have a one-sided discussion. Can you imagine that? This is shocking. Um, at one point, he gets into the tendencies of conservatives and liberals that I thought was interesting. Um, his problem is he goes into too much detail and tries to be too scholarly. Tries to back up his arguments with, with like examples and stuff like that. And there are times when brevity is your friend. Not supporting your arguments with uh, detail is, is actually more, uh, is just a better plan because the more you get into detail, the more people can, um, can, uh, can pick it apart and, and try to find, you know, little things to, uh, to get distracted by. I can't find that. That's wild. I highlighted it, but. I just wanted to th- know what you thought of of it. Um, we had that uh, the blue collar workers. Oh, geez, it's late. We had those blue collar workers uh, in on uh, Friday, and they were talking about uh, how it's, well we had all men in here, and it's male dominated field, another male dominated field. There are some fields that are. As at Subway for lunch the other day, which is across the street from the hospital, the place was full of women in uh, in. I work in hospital gear. Vast majority of teachers are women. Is that anti-male discrimination? You want to stand up in front of a classroom of seven-year-olds and teach them how to do, do, do division. Are men being discriminated against, or is that just something more women tend to be interested in doing? Good question. Come on, everybody. Come on! Quit, quit pretending to be offended all the time. I'll be damned. Eh, you will be damned for your sins. Uh, so the tendencies of, of progressives and conservatives will bounce those off you and see if you agree. Coming Maybe, up. Are you a liberal? See if you agree with the characterization. Is helicopter parenting leading to less sex in America? Stay yes. tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. text with our text line is 415-295-KFTC. When your kids try to build a fort outside, you get them in the house by flagging them for building violations. <laughs> Good idea. Can I see your permit for this? No permit. Oh, my God. I don't see any sprinklers. That is so horrible. Fire extinguishers. That joke made me so sad. And Have it you was had so this funny. inspected for pests? This cardboard isn't up to code. That's how you get them in the house. Oh, my God. Um, and go traveling to see the eclipse. How do you avoid going somewhere? It's cloudy that day. That would suck. Oh. If I took a day off, bought flights, the oh. whole thing. And it's cloudy. That's the when sort you get of thing there. I'd overlook. <laughs> you get there and it's a cloudy day. Uh, durr, what are we going to do? Of course, here, it would still get dark. Here we are in Ketchum, Idaho on a rainy day. Um, dark as night. Yar. On the thing of uh, gender inequality in the tech world and just in general, I guess. On this one, we got this text. Women aren't as good at coding as men in general, just like women are better at nursing than men in general. When in there's a, general. When there's a majority of uh, one sex in a field, it's probably a result of a natural male and female qualities. They're trying to artificially make gender not matter. Right. Well, that's, yeah, that's a huge trend in the progressive world. They want men and women to be the same. Or is it sexism? We got this text. Indians from India are stereotypically sexist and homophobic. Perhaps there's an influence there. Sure. Yeah, it's a cultural norm. Do not know. Yeah. Oh, that. I got a story I got to tell about uh, somebody I ran into. Got to remember that. Um. So yeah, there's this big ten-page manifesto put out by some engineer at Google. You've heard of it, haven't you? 
You, Google it. You never heard of Google? You know what you should do? You should Google it. Google it. it. Wow. What happens if you Google Google? Do you go back in time? I don't know. So this guy uh, who's writing this, actually, he makes to me some very good points. He makes some points that are a little questionable. But the fact that people are uh, uh, reacting with outrage and horror proves the guy's point, which is, listen, there's no discussion of what's being done because there's only one opinion that's permitted. And he says, uh, Google's biases. At Google, we talk so much about unconscious bias as it applies to race and gender, but we rarely discuss our moral biases. Political orientation is a fa- is actually a result of deep moral preferences and thus biases. Consider that the overwhelming majority of the social sciences, the media, and Google lean left. We should critically examine these prejudices. Seems very reasonable to me. Here are your left biases. And I can't decide, should I point this out at the beginning or at the end? This is in general. This is to a greater extent, not exclusively, not 100%. It's just tendencies. Here's your left biases. Compassion for the weak. This is compiled by who? You? Them? Google? The dude writing it. The dude writing it, okay. Right. Compassion for the weak. Lefties tend to believe that disparities are due to injustices. That humans are inherently cooperative. That change is good. Boy, that's that, that's all interesting. I do not believe that humans are inherently cooperative. I have great uh, 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 compassion for the weak. I just I right, but I do not feel like if somebody is in a bad situation that uh, clearly the system screwed them over to put them that way. I don't think that. And are uh, generally uh, idealists. <clears throat> um, best book ever written on this topic is uh, Thomas Sowell's uh, Conflict of Visions. Read the first chapter. It's plenty. Then he gets into real, like, heavy, thick, chewy detail, and it'll blow your mind. But uh, really good. Talking about, um, you know, people who believe humans are inherently good and cooperative and that uh, if we can only perfect society, everybody will be good. Now, here are your uh, right-leaning biases. Uh, tend to have more respect for the strong in authority, except that disparities are natural and just. I would just describe that as there are going to be winners and losers. I tend to be a no on that first one and a yes on the second. Okay. Uh, humans are inherently competitive is a right bias. I would mm-hmm. say I would agree with that. Um, some some are, and I think trying to stop them from being that is is terrible and ruinous. Uh, change is dangerous. They they prefer more stability, mm. lean more in that way, uh, and and more pragmatic. And then he says, and this is see, this is the outrageous, horrible th- sort of thing he said that it's got everybody so angry. Neither side is one hundred percent correct, and both viewpoints are necessary for a functioning society, or in this case, company. How dare he? How dare he spew his hate? Ruining it? Oh my God! The, the, the He is hurt and offended. How will they ever come to work? A company too far to the right might be slow to react, overly hierarchical and untrusting of others. In contrast, a company too far to the left will be constantly changing, deprecating much-loved services, over-diversify its interests, ignoring or uh, and overly trust its employees and competitors. Only facts and reason can shed light on these biases. But when it comes to diversity and inclusion, Google's left bias has created a politically correct monoculture that maintains its hold by shaming dissenters into silence. How dare he? 
Yeah, I think the uh, spinoff article in USA Today about ageism alive and well in America is really interesting because we have an aging population. Yeah. And then we heard last week the millennials are now the biggest voting block. I think you're going to have a real problem with can can anybody over the age of 40 or 45 or 50 ever get a job or have much shot at getting a job? I am. In the future. I'm going to get me a nose ring. It'll know I'm hep. And with it, he'll know I'm a hep cat. See my nose ring? You'll talk about Game of Thrones. and That's uh, right. Oh, speaking of uh, people who want to be victims, I guess there's an increasing movement among people who don't watch Game of Thrones to want it discussion of it banned from the workplace because they feel marginalized and harassed. Oh, good Lord. And excluded when other people are talking about it. Good Lord. As we become the most wet-pantied, teary-eyed, limp-wristed baby society that's ever existed on Earth. I'm not wearing panties. We're the Eloy from the time machine. Read it! Right after you read the Thomas Sowell book. One more thing on the age thing. The median age of an American worker is 42. At Facebook, it's 29. Google, 30. Amazon, 30. Apple, 31. And Microsoft, 33. Man, those are some young uh, workplaces. Yep. Wow, that's something. And you know, if you're uh, if you are 29, well, then good for you. But if you're if you're older and you can remember being 29, somebody 45 might as well be 70. Sure. When you're 29, it's all just lumped into old and doesn't know what's going on now. Well, that's why if you're 45, you must wear self-consciously hip eyewear. If you're working at one of those companies, it might actually be a good idea. I've mocked it in the past, but it might actually be a really good idea. To try to signal on some level, I'm not 70. Yes. And instead, signal that I'm very old and trying too hard. <laughs> See, that's the difficulty. That's you, the balance you must achieve. Or you can wear elastic waisted pants up around your nipples, I right. guess, and shuffle around. It's if very you comfortable. As a 45 year old. Sensible. Little extra room in the crotch. <laughs> Velcro shoes. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, North Korea doubling down on its nuclear threats against the U.S. today. Trump's Twitter tirade is continuing this morning, and why flight attendants hate to serve you. Diet Cokes. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Wow, I did a lot of flying over the weekend. I'd be interested to hear that. Oh, and I believed, I believed enough to really keep an eye on it that I was sitting next to a terrorist. Wow. On a flight. That's a good story. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I was concerned enough that I was getting ready to signal a flight attendant. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Joe's going to go all Captain Freedom on the plane. Make the news. Awesome. Can't wait to hear that. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Aw, oh, dang it. I forgot to get to Google's official response to the uh, the screed. All right. It's, it's exactly what you'd expect, but it's worth reading. What did we say to China to get them on board with cracking down on North Korea, I wonder? Some sort of threat. Oh, yeah, I'll bet it was a good one, too. Yeah. Uh, Uh, The response came from Google's newly appointed Vice President of Diversity, Integrity, and Governance. Good job if you can get it. Uh, So more on that coming up. And news now, Marshall Phillips. Well, North Korea's top diplomat says under no circumstances will it put its nuclear weapons or ballistic missiles on the negotiating table. The foreign minister also saying his country has no intention of using nuclear weapons against any country except the U.S. 
and the North vowing to take action of justice and launch thousands <laughs> bold revenge against the United States. I'm going to start. Oh, sorry, I understand. Okay. I wish you wouldn't, but thank you. Take it easy, baby. Right. China. I, I'm going to use that phrase more often. I'm going to take action of justice right now. It's time for some action of justice. <laughs> China. The North statement coming two days after the U.N. Security Council unanimously approved new sanctions that would punish the North, including a ban on coal and other exports worth over a billion dollars. That is about a third of their economy, a third of their export intake. Yeah. So uh, so now what, I wonder? Well, the big question, yeah, as you wonder, will the sanctions work? we got a former Undersecretary of State, Nicholas Burns, who worries they won't. Kim Jong-un, this young leader of North Korea, believes that his possession of nuclear weapons is his ultimate protection China. against any foe, most especially the United States. True. President Trump's latest Twitter target is Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal. After the Democratic lawmaker told CNN the investigation into Russian meddling in last year's election and possible collusion by the Trump campaign must be pursued. So once again, Vincent Nicholas, the official President Trump tweet reader. This is over the course of three tweets. So it gets a little rough. I want everyone to brace themselves and stand in an indefensible position. Quote, interesting to watch Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut talking, talking about hoax Russian collusion when he was a phony Vietnam con artist. Wow. Oh, wow. Play oh, that's that right. The stolen valor guy. Right? Yeah, that is pretty freaking yeah. weak. Yeah. That is pretty freaking weak. Doesn't mean he's wrong, but, you know, yeah. I'll just keep my mouth shut about everything after I uh, pulled that stunt. <laughs> uh, the Donald goes on. Never in United States history has anyone lied or defrauded voters like Senator Richard Blumenthal. Oh, I'd say, yeah, that's uh, that's right up there. Well, I'd say a lot of senators have lied and defrauded the American people, but that is a good one. Yeah. Oh, man. He told stories about his Vietnam battles and conquests, how brave he was, and it was all a lie. He cried like a baby and begged for forgiveness like a child. Now he judges collusion? This from a guy who got <laughs> how many deferrals from Vietnam for fake medical problems because well, his daddy a, was rich. He had a bad foot. Sure, he did. He can't remember which one it was. I can't believe you can lie about being a war a hero and yeah. actually even get elected. It's a binary choice. Wow. You offended enough to vote for the other party? And there's nobody better? Right. Wow. Yeah, that's sad. Sad! Why flight attendants hate serving you a Diet Coke? According to flight attendants on the flight blog, These Golden Wings, Diet Coke takes the longest amount of time to pour. The author explains high altitude makes carbonated drinks foam up a whole lot more, and Diet Coke is the worst. The blog entry reads, Pouring Diet Coke is one of the biggest slowdowns in bar service, and on shorter flights, these precious seconds count. Okay. That's why when you order a Diet Coke, they'll make a face. They'll sigh. When are you going to tell us about sitting next to a terrorist? Oh, boy. Whenever you want. I can do it next if you want. It's chilling. I would not have the children listen. Did you choke him out? Uh, I did more than that. (laughs) That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. If you've ever wondered, I wonder if you can pull out somebody's eye with a corkscrew. I have your answer. <laughs> wow. I now, generally when I fly, sleep gate to gate. I don't even wake up for takeoff or landing. So a terrorist, a, a whole team of terrorists could sit next to me. I'd never notice. <laughs> 
I could as soon hold my breath from gate to gate as sleep gate to gate. Ah. It's impossible. If you only slept five or six hours a night for months at a time, ah. I, th- I think you could do it. That's the key. <laughs> That's the key. I'm not doing the preparation. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So there is a serious new study out. This isn't one of Marshall's <laughs> something.com says 50% of something something. Right. And they're just trying to get you to click on it. No, this is one of your journals of whatever sort of magazine that nobody ever reads publication. Married couples are having less sex by quite a bit than, and it's been declining for decades. The why, their guesses as to why is really interesting. Okay. So we'll get, get to that, that about, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. Plus the special counsel, is it? Uh, is he just going to search and search and search till he finds something he can charge Trump with or some of his people? Will it be a, a witch hunt or, or are there any limits? Sounds to me like you can go on a fishing expedition. Yeah, exactly. Well, people are saying you shouldn't. Well, I don't. When 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 is you shouldn't ever been part of the law? <laughs> right, exactly. We'll take a look at that. Plus, a, a beautiful example of uh, depending which way you swing politically and what sort of media you take in, you have two completely different realities. A really good yin and yang on that. So awesome. Stay with us for that. So uh, I was flying a bit over the weekend. And ended up I had to go from here to here and then there and then. Ended up picking Delaney up at a major metropolitan airport for international flight, which is about two, two and a quarter, two and a half hours away from my house. Um, we ended up getting home at about three o'clock in the morning because the Woo! flight was delayed for almost three hours. Oh, my, what a day that was. Anyway, luckily, I have a near superhero ability to stay awake behind the wheel. So I just powered through and we got home. Anyway, um, so I get on my last flight. And uh, and and I, I grab a window seat because uh, I was hoping to maybe snooze it out a little bit. And uh, they're announcing, folks, is totally full flight. Don't pass up any seats. Southwest Airlines flight. <clears throat> so it was open seating, but they said you, you grab a seat. So uh, I'm sitting there, and and uh, uh, a guy and a gal come up, and they want to grab the middle and the out seat. No problem. The guy ends up sitting next to me in the middle. Which I thought was interesting, because everybody knows you're supposed to go boy, girl, boy, girl. Sure. But um, uh, he real thin, dude. Real thin, All not terribly I tall. Small. I just want small. Yeah, slight of frame, thin. Um, and and uh, and so I figure, all right, what the hell? I'm going to be, I got my headphones on, I'm going to ignore you anyway. Um, I might get a sign that says, I'll buy you a drink if you weigh 120 pounds or less and <laughs> sit next to me. That wouldn't come off as a perv at all. <laughs> Did you see that perv who just likes light women? I just want a tiny person sitting next to me. Right. I'm going to sleep the whole flight. No, understand this. We're going to have no interaction whatsoever. No. So this guy's Middle Eastern looking. Got the black beard. You're an Islamophobe. Fairly, I am not an anything-a-phobe. Um, <laughs> got a close-cropped beard. Sounded like a phobophobe there. He was and, afraid of being a phobe. <laughs> no, I'm not, but I am afraid of being that. I'm a phobe, phobe, phobe. So, um, so this guy sits down, and he's he looks Middle Eastern. His his girlfriend, on the other hand, looks kind of Mexican. And um, and and the one thing about the guy that reassured me briefly is he's got like bling going, like he's a rapper or something. 
I thought, I don't know, maybe it's a disguise. So oh, as we're as we're waiting oh, to God. as we're waiting to take off, this guy and actually he hadn't. If I'm going to tell the story honestly, he hadn't really caught my attention at all until. As we're waiting to take off, which for some reason was was delayed for a significant amount of time, he is doubled over in his seat, like completely doubled over, thin guy, so he could lay his upper body down totally flat on his legs, and his head is like below the level of the seats, and, and his girlfriend is massaging his back and kneading it like with her elbow and... And reassuring him and all, and and this goes on for a while, and then he sits wow. up again. Then he then he doubles over again. I would have been afraid he is sick, and I was going to catch something. Well, see, I didn't know. Is he sick? Is he freaking out? Is he afraid? Is the bomb sewn inside him causing him stomach pain? <laughs> right? Is he what? Is a nervous flyer? Whatever. And then at one point, we're still waiting to take off, and he's got earbuds in, and he's listening to music, which happened to be Sea Murder. Hmm. The rapper C. Murder. And he starts, he puts his hat, hands above his head, like in a posture of prayer, and starts rocking back okay, and now, forth. Okay, now I'm nervous. Honest to God, rocking now back you and do forth that. and now, murmuring okay. as if he's in anguish and reciting a prayer to calm himself. I'm in full-on concern at that point. Reed, Reed. Yeah. And I'm thinking, how do I signal the stewardess? I'm just going to point and say, check this out. Did you at any point say, let's roll? <laughs> I was ready. I was ready to, I was thinking, what am I going to stab this guy with? <laughs> right? Because a good quick stabbing just right under the gullet. <laughs> Take him right out of commission. Yes. But of course, I confiscated my corkscrew. That's always true with practically anyone you meet. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't see it coming. <laughs> and so at one point, the stewardess is walking the aisle and looks down and like, oh, wait a minute. Says, wow, you're very flexible. He had his earbuds in still, listening to I don't know what. And um, actually, I do know what. Uh, but And she said, why? And he said, what? What? You're very, very flexible. Oh, okay. And he puts his earbuds back in. And I'm thinking, wow, this guy's got something going on. And uh, so uh, we fly. And, um, and, and, uh, and, and I'm just thinking, this is an odd bird. And uh, at one point, I... I Take off. Oh, it was the uh, the in flight drink service, and I take off one of my uh, headphones, and um, the t- lady takes my uh, takes my order, and and the guy turns to me, and he says, "Infidel." No, he says, uh. <laughs> "No," he says, in a charming British accent, he says, uh, "Would you mind telling me what you're listening to?" And, and I told him it happened to be a grand murder. Uh, it happened to be Graham Nash's fantastic 1971, I think, album Songs for Beginners. Uh, he said, really, tell me about it. Turns out he's uh, uh, an, of Indian descent. He's a Brit. He now lives in the United States. He's a musician. He's uh, he really into music. So we talked about um, producing music and mixing genres and, and stuff like that. Did you say, you, you want to hear something funny? I thought you were going to blow up the plane. <laughs> I was ready to stab you in your gullet <laughs> I was gonna with my you. pen. Here's something funny. Uh, you're not going to believe this. If you made a wrong move, I was going to stab you in the throat. Now, and it turned out, this guy was just one of those guys who's wound up tight as a watch spring. And, you know, we talked for the last 40 minutes of the flight. He talked for about 38 of them. And I would reply or throw in an opinion or something like that. He was just one of those guys. But charming guy. Absolutely charming. So we we land and we're taxiing to the, the gate. 
and I happen to have uh, some of the, the CDs of my my latest solo project. And I I handed him. I said, "Here, so you know, I wasn't making all that stuff up about music. Uh, enjoy that." And and the guy freaks out. He goes, "Oh my God, man! Oh my God, that's so beautiful, man!" I get. He shakes my hand. Then he hugs me, full on bear hug, sitting in our seats. He goes, "That's a <laughs> thank you, man." And he says, "You gotta sign it for me, man." He takes off the shrink wrap wow. and he. He That's tells a, me how to sign it. No, bit, bit of an overreaction, isn't but, it? Then he says, "I'm going to like this on Facebook." And I'm going. I said, "Well, listen, it just got done. You're like the 15th person on Earth to have a copy." He goes, "Oh my God, you've got to write that on there." And so I had to write number 15 on Earth wow. and gave it to him. And he said, "You know what I'm going to do, man?" He said, "When we get where we're going, I'm going to smoke a joint. I'm going to listen to this." Wow. On Earth. And I said to him, "Drug fiend, perfect, my friend, perfect." Because it's some good if you're stoned music, honestly. <laughs> the and higher he, you are, the better it sounds. Yes, Michael? And then he hit the trigger and the bo- plane went up behind him. That's, that's right. I adjust, and then the bomb went. No! No, he's a, he a beautiful guy, turns out. Now, why he was doubled over with his head nearly on the floor, I, I can't imagine. God, I was trying so hard to sleep while we were waiting for Delaney in the airport. And I was trying to find somewhere, somehow, I could put my head, I could just slumber for a while. If I was that dude, I could have just twisted myself into a pretzel and, and slumbered, I guess. But Sure glad you didn't stab him in the neck. Yeah, Sounds like a nice I guy. I was so close, too. Just as a preemptive strike. What's their guess as to why married couples are having less sex? It's pretty interesting, and it's actually a scientific study. This is not from Cosmopolitan or, or something. Or Marshall. Uh, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.